Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today we are talking about a topic we are so passionate about, which is sleep. And we're going to be giving you our favorite hacks. Yep, absolutely. So this is something we have spoken on the podcast about um, a couple of times, but, you know, we as a society have a serious sleep problem. It's actually just getting worse as the time goes on. And I feel like it's something that you you can never hear too much about, right, when it comes to like tips and tricks um, and the why behind it. Because even for me, like when I learn or when I want to prioritize something, I like to dive in to understand why that's important. Because when I can convince myself like, hey, this is actually really important, I'm more likely to be compliant to the actual things because even when it comes to anything we talk about training nutrition recovery like you know what you need to do the real question is like why you're not actually doing it so i'm excited to get into like some practical advice and just have a little bit more of a a talk about sleep because we haven't spoken about it on the podcast for quite a long time now yeah and it is definitely an area of life that we all need to focus on because it affects absolutely every facet of your life so Mm -hmm. it's very important to be able to figure out a way individually to enhance your sleep quality and it's not about getting the best sleep every single night however your attention must be on it and you must be making an effort in order to enhance it because if you want a better quality of life you know free from um, ill health and you want to be able to perform at your best you know be your happiest it's so important for you to focus on sleep and we are both fresh from listening to an absolutely incredible podcast with Dr. Matt Walker and Stephen, who's the host of Diary of a CEO. It was like two hours of knowledge and science around sleep. So a lot of our little key points will come from this. Obviously, our goal is not to relay that whole to our podcast. We want to make this quite anecdotal, probably less sciencey, and just give you hacks that you can just apply straight away. Yeah, absolutely. I remember when I um first came across Matthew Walker's work was like maybe five, six years ago when he released um Why We Sleep, the book. And I was still working as a shift worker at the time. And I remember being like, I want to quit my job. Like, you know, oh, yeah. understanding how detrimental um not getting enough sleep is, right? And I am so a hundred percent on the fence with like yeah, like sometimes we just can't. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, no, you shouldn't just quit your job. Like it's about having the tips and the tricks and being able to like biohack um, your life and make the best out of like sometimes a less than ideal situation because you have more control over a lot of things than what you think. And there's definitely a lot of things that we've learned along the way um, when we've been really trying to optimize our health. But then also like, like you know, I've spoken about lots before. I've had so much experience with shift work, far too much than I would like, um, that you, you you really do learn a lot along the way and it's all relevant. So if we can navigate through some really hard times and make sure that we can prioritize sleep, I'm sure we're going to have worse chapters in the future, probably when we have kids and stuff like that. Um, But then you guys can too. Yes. And for all of those who do have kids who want to say to to me and to Sherelle and I, but you don't have kids, blah, blah, blah. You can say it. It's fine. It's true. I acknowledge it. I acknowledge it. We don't have kids and that's fine. So, you know, you can, uh, different podcasts. When we have kids, we'll talk about it. But from now, we're talking about it from our lens. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. But the first one, um, the first, I guess, generalized tip and piece that we'll dive into is around setting a caffeine and eating curfew. So when 
when it comes to um, like our circadian rhythm, which is very much our sleep-wake cycle, everything that we physically do helps to regulate that. So even though, yes, it's controlled a lot by light, which we'll talk about um, later on, there's definitely things that we can alter when it comes to eating and then, of course, in particular, caffeine to help um, make sure that we are aligned with our sleep-wake cycle. Yeah, and obviously that's just such a stereotypical hack, but for a reason. There's a Mm. reason why people associate caffeine with lack of sleep because there is a direct correlation and what it does to the receptors in our brain, it does actually hinder the quality of your sleep. Mm. If I were to have some coffee, you know, let's just say at 9 p.m., I could fall asleep at 9.30. I've definitely got that. However, I know for a fact it won't be deep sleep and the Mm. REM sleep would be no good. So people like me who would say, yeah, but I fall asleep. And a lot of, you know, ethnic cultures in Greece, they have coffee all the time, but it's the quality of the Mm -hmm. sleep that we want too. This isn't a podcast to say you must get eight hours. It's a podcast to say, cool, you might get five or six hours, but what is the quality? Because you're better off having five or six quality hours of deep sleep and REM sleep rather than eight hours in bed of very light sleep. Mm, absolutely. And, you know, Danny and I have gone through the phases where, you know, we've tracked with aura rings and we've done all the things that we've wanted to do to make sure that we can get the data. But something I even will say is when I was um, like working shift work and working night duty, there was times where I might have only had three or four hours sleep um, and 95% of that was deep sleep, right? Mm. Objectively, I would look at that and go, oh, it looks great. Like I've had four hours of deep sleep, but like physically I'm like, okay, but like I still feel like shit. So while it's important to still have in the back of your mind, I want to prioritize quality of sleep. How are you really measuring that? Because even wearables, they're behind, right? Like they're still not as accurate and reliable as what we think they might be. And I'm a fan of like tracking anything to the best of our ability, but in particular with caffeine, like how are you really going to know? Because you might be someone like what Danny's referring to, where you can just have a shot of coffee and go to sleep. I've never been like that. Mm. I I like to think that I, I don't think I'm as, that sensitive to caffeine, I'd say I'm I'm normal, right? I would say that being able to do that is abnormal, would you say? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So <laughs> if you can if you can do that, because um yeah, Luke's parents do that all the time. And even me, me smelling coffee, I'm like, oh my God, I'm already getting amped up because my body knows that's like go time. Mm-hmm. Um and you're having a cup of coffee. But even being able to do that, it doesn't mean that you can get away with it. It just probably means it's impacting your sleep. And the same with food and alcohol. Like how bad is your aura data when you have a few drinks? Have you ever yeah. Yeah, of course. Yeah. After a few drinks, like everything's red on your aura ring. Like people think I'll just have some alcohol and it'll put me to sleep and it'll knock me out. But no, like your body's trying to metabolize that. Things are happening internally while you might be asleep. Same as digesting a big meal. A lot of people Mm. think I'll have a big meal, then I'll go to sleep. But you need to be awake to truly digest properly you 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 know the whole rest and digest yes but to an extent if you just have Mm -hmm. a huge meal before bed yes you'll feel sleepy but you're asleep so the quality of the digestion will be a lot worse than when you're awake and then that will affect the quality of your sleep and body temperature rises you get hotter all these things happen to you as well Yep, absolutely. And I used to manipulate so many of these variables when I used to work night duty, like where I would, you know, try and have a big dinner just before I'd start shift, not eat until like, you know, 
3, 4 a.m. in the morning and then try and sort of have like a breakfast at a reasonable time. Um, And when I used to try and do that, like I genuinely wasn't hungry during the night. You know, like a lot of people get like, like they like to snack, you know, like there's a big, big sort of thing with like, you know, how unhealthy night shift is because people just tend to eat shit. Like they eat chocolate, you crave sweets more than anything, but you're not really hungry, right? Like you're not actually hungry because your digestion's actually asleep. Like your body's not used to eating. And you, we even hear this a lot with like, you know, a lot of women are sort of renowned for not eating breakfast. It's like, oh, I'll skip breakfast. But your body and your digestion is like your second brain. It actually remembers when you eat. So if you never eat breakfast, you're probably not going to be hungry when you wake up. But if you always eat breakfast, you're going to wake up hungry, right? So our body's always going to adapt, but it's definitely something that you can use to make sure that you're, you know, giving your body a couple hours before you go to bed to make sure it can digest um, so that your, your body's not going to be going through all those processes at night when you're trying to get to sleep. And just to put yourself in a really good position to fall asleep and get the quality that you're after. Yeah. So find a routine that works for you. And and what we're going to keep reiterating is everyone's going to be different. There can be rough guidelines. However, we need to remember. And what was that word you said, Cheryl, about being an early bird or a night owl? Chronotype. chronotype. That we we have different chronotypes. And it was quite interesting on the podcast why Dr. Walker well, how he explained it mm. as a species, and this is the same in the animal kingdom, you know, if the whole species was asleep, let's just say we're all early birds and we go to bed at the same time as a collective species, that is very dangerous because there's no one awake to protect the tribe. The same is if everyone was a night owl, so they would sleep in the morning and stay awake at night. Well, who's protecting the tribe in the morning. So mm. as we've evolved, we actually need people to be awake in the morning and then we need people to be awake at night to save the species in case of danger. And that was a point that it made perfect sense because I just could not get my head around how some people were programmed to just be early birds or night owls. But from a survival, <laughs> excuse me, from a survival standpoint, it makes perfect sense. So whether you're one or the other or a little bit in between, you just need to figure it out. And it's quite obvious because you'll know when you feel sleepy, you'll know when you feel awake um, mm. and honour that. So that is your foundation. And then what you do should be based around that when you can. Yeah, I remember when you were saying that and I was like, that's so interesting. It makes sense, right? Like, of course, the only question I had about that, Dr. Matthew Walker, is why <laughs> then do we have people that don't, like that aren't nocturnal? Right. If we need protection 24 seven, why don't we have people then? Why isn't there a third? Cause you know, it's like third morning birds, thirds in the middle, thirds, um, like more, you know, towards the uh, night owls. Why do we not have a third then or a fourth that don't like do the opposite that sleep during the day? And I think there are those, Sherelle. Really? There are people that are like that. Definitely not a third. Not a Not percentage a of the population. Geez, unfortunate, right? Well, the people that love society night shift. doesn't allow for that That's because true. we have to make a living. A lot of the time, obviously, aside from night shift, most things happen for for us as a human race during the day. Mm. It would be so interesting if we found one of those tribes that you see on Instagram sometimes, where you know those tribes that are still really primitive. Yeah. I wonder what that would look like. Yeah, I don't know. 
Mm. I don't know. Or you know how I was talking about the birds on the branch, just the poor yes. buggers that never get to sleep might just be luck of the draw as well. Um, yeah, you're so you're so right. Like we live in a society now that we're robbed of darkness and that we have so many screens and we just have so much, I guess, energy and activation going on around us. But you really can pick up on what chronotype you are. And I'm definitely an early bird. Um, and I but we 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 adapt to our routines for a lot of the time, right? Unless you do your own thing, you got a lot of flexibility. You really can adjust your lifestyle, right? But something I used to find even with Luke as a teacher is like he would have to get up at the same time as me, like 5.36 o'clock um, when I would be thriving and that was just the time I liked to get up and he'd always like be a bit mopey, slow to get going, et cetera. But that's what he used to do um, because of work. And then on school holidays, he would do the opposite. He would crash, he'd sleep in until like, you know, like 9, 9 10 o'clock, like not late, not a late like a night owl, but in the mm. middle, right? And he would naturally go back to his chronotype when um, lifestyle permitted or work didn't permit, right? Um, and I always found that interesting because he would do the opposite, right? And now that we've got the lifestyle, I definitely see it um, a bit more in him. And I think there's like a negative association with people that maybe function better at night as well. They're like, oh, don't be lazy, get up early. But it's like, actually, they function a lot better at that time. Um, whereas I'm the opposite, like I'm useless after like 3, 4 p.m., to be honest. Like my brain is just not there because it's been so on point from the morning. So being able to understand what chronotype you are, it allows you to better structure your day, um, go to bed at the right time. Like we, I never used to understand, but Luke would always be like frustrated and having to go to bed um, when yeah. I would go to bed at like 8 o'clock because you'd just lay awake. 8 o'clock? Well, <laughs> 8, 8.30, right? Maybe 8 o'clock in winter. But I'd go to bed like the earlier the better. Honestly, like I'm doing nothing after 7 p.m. I've eaten dinner at like 5 <laughs> <laughs> so that's me, right? That's yeah. my chronotype, whereas he's the opposite. But then even what they were talking about in the podcast, the strain on relationships, because then I would get up at 5.30 and he didn't get to sleep till midnight and it sort of mm. impacts the opposite person um, as well. I, I feel like he's adjusted a little bit to be more of an early bird, unfortunately. <laughs> we compromised and we went with being an early bird. <laughs> Well, if it's your way, there wouldn't be any other way. So that's right. <laughs> that's that's right. But I know that you mentioned um, like previously, Danny, that even like Paul, I'm not sure whether he's on the same sort of like chronotype with you or he was having some sort of sleep disturbances as well. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. And it's so easy to talk about sleep when you're in the bed on your own. You know what I mean? When when we recorded episode 77, I was still living in Melbourne on my own. You know, sleep was easy. Like it was on my clock. You don't have kids, you don't have a partner. There shouldn't really be an excuse. But you add another person there and as beautiful as that is. And at the start, you know, anything goes and you're excited in a new relationship and you stay up late because you want to just talk to them 24-7. But fast forward two, three years, it's like, fuck, okay, my sleep, you know, this is impacting me. Hang on a minute. He's definitely um, a night owl, uh, me being an early bird. Now with my education on this, it's okay. Yes, Mm. there's an element of compromise, 100%, but I honour my morning times. He honours his night times because that's the time that yep. we get to ourselves before the world, you know, calls upon us. Um, and he went through a phase, and he won't mind me talking about this because he's posted it on his social media, of sleep apnea and snoring. And it is not just a male thing, no matter what all the brochures and advertising, it's always a picture of a male and then the woman's blocking their ears because they're pissed off. And that was me because it would really disrupt both of Mm. our sleep. Not only is it an extreme health issue for those who don't, you know, you you stop breathing for up to 30 seconds. Um, 
And it can really bring on health issues down the track, heart Mm. issues, stroke, things like that, like really bad. Um, So upon or after me sort of venturing out onto the couch a few nights, you know, this was maybe a year ago, that's not nice either. But we're like, okay, let's look into a, a sleep apnea machine or a CPAP machine. And there was just a local store down the road. Now, some of the guys at the gym were actually using them um, and had great stories. So Paul gave it a go and it has been an absolute game changer. He doesn't snore anymore. He gets amazing oxygen, probably better quality than what I would be getting and wakes up as a different man. Like he does not know himself. And he finally can say, Danny, now I know why you're so obsessed with sleep because this is the first time that I've actually gotten great sleep and I literally am a different person Mm because I feel like you value sleep better when you know what it feels like having a good sleep, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that was probably our biggest tip. And I'm not telling everyone to go get a CPAP machine, but I kind of am at the same time without someone listening saying, you can't tell everyone to do this, Mm -hmm. but it is get checked out for it. You don't need the test. You just, there are two different versions. One's medical. If you do have an underlying medical condition, the other one, you can actually just go to the store, male or female, any age, and they will fit you with a cute little compact machine. And yes, you wear it on your face, but Hey, if you're worried about what your partner would think about you, I'm way more attracted because like, I don't look at him and go, Oh wow. He's got a machine on his face. I go, fuck that man. I love it. He's just caring about his sleep. Like that is the biggest turn on ever. You that, know is I mean? so that is so sleep sexy. Hygiene, sleep hygiene. Sleep hygiene. We wake up rested. It's yep. awesome. Um, so if you have any further questions, you can reach out and ask. Ask him as well. He loves talking about it because now he's recommended it to so many people and they're like, oh, my goodness. And another one, while I've got the floor still, if you don't mind, there's, and this is, um, I think it was a Russian concept, but I just made it up. We have two doonas on the same bed because we, he, oh, for some reason, you know, you play tug of war with the doona at night and it just wasn't working. So one of my biggest sleep hacks as well for sleeping with someone else, if they snore, obviously CPAP, I have my earplugs and eye mask, mm-hmm. but two doonas, then you're not That's playing tug of war. Like, it, and it just looks nice on the bed. It doesn't matter. I literally two doona covers. Yes, you're going to have to change the two sheets more often, but it's bloody worth it because you roll on your side and pull your side over. They pull theirs. You don't notice it. There's like zero movement in the bed. Do you have two top sheets? Well, good question. No, he doesn't really use a top sheet though, but you, uh, oh, you probably could if you yeah. wanted. I love a top sheet and a doona. Whereas he just likes the doona. So yeah, I was, just, I, was, I was curious because like how I get in bed so many times, I forget to get under the top sheet. And Luke's like, get it on my arm, I'm already comfy. Oh, because <laughs> you're on it and you're squashing it and he can't pull it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the real world struggles, but you're definitely right. Um, I'm so glad that he's gotten that organized because, yeah, I remember Thank we were you. talking about it. I remember when I was like in my early nursing days and on night shift, I used to have heart attacks of people sleep apnea. I swear you'd walk past you like, shit, is that person breathing? I think they're dead. And See? then all of a sudden, be like, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, thank God. Because, yeah, yeah, people stop eating for a period of time. And I remember being like, this is petrifying. Because, like, you know, if anyone's ever been in hospital overnight, your nurse comes in to do your blood pressure, <laughs> you know, <laughs> at night, put the machine on, and then you're like, holy shit, I don't think this person's breathing. God. And then the oxygen goes right down, and then they take a big breath, it comes back up, and you're like, you know, it's just it's sleep apnea. And I think a lot of people learn to accept these things, unfortunately, like, 
sleep apnea, sleep insomnia, trouble falling asleep, like restlessness, restless legs, like all of those things. I think a lot of people uh, don't talk about it because they don't know what to do. And freaking GPs don't know what to do either. Like on episode 77 and previously, I've definitely spoken about, you know, all the sleep issues I used to go with and, you know, being thrown diazepam and just all the shit without, you know, recommending what to do first. And I think, you know, thanks to people like Matthew Walker and, you know, just more awareness around stuff, like people are becoming more educated to be like, hey, like sleep hygiene is important. Maybe we should do that as step one before step three being drugs, which don't really work or, you know, address the issue, right? And things like sleep apnea and the long-term health effects of it as well. It's not just snoring. Um, and traditionally, like you said, people just getting frustrated. It's not their fault. Like why, why should we get frustrated at them? We should treat it like any other condition or medical concern as well. So, you know, being hyper aware of these sort of things and also understanding that you don't have to put up with it you know like I went through insomnia for a long period and I just thought shit I've got to fix this all on my own and you know if I knew what I knew now I would have known maybe some of the advice or the professionals or the things I could have done differently um, to be able to resolve that quicker rather than just suffering in silence and unfortunately it's just it's the way it is it's going to be even better in another 10 years time as all of this stuff just becomes more common knowledge. Yeah, definitely. Because the lack of education is phenomenal from mm. a health care standpoint. We go to the doctors when we have a problem. And yep. again, I'm going to quote the podcast so I don't have GPs chasing after me. But there's only a tiny amount 90 of 90 minutes. Yeah, okay. I'm glad you remembered. 90 minutes of education out of years of training. And it's like, mm. yes, I can understand someone can't learn everything in the whole wide world. But the impact that sleep has on health, like there should be a year's worth of sleep knowledge because yeah, then you walk into the GP, they should say, how is your sleep? You know, because mental health, mm. like depression, there is huge links to sleep. So there's a lack of education. And then you mentioned earlier stereotypes. So if someone has a, a nap during the day, they can get called lazy. Mm. Well, we've all been that teenager and we've, we've slept in and your parents are there mowing the lawn or, you know, doing what they're doing and saying, get up, you're being lazy. But it's like, no, we actually need that sleep. So mm. I would love to remove the stigma around people being lazy when they're just actually looking after their sleep. Um, yeah. It's really important. And then... That knowledge um, and with the reduced stigma can allow people in a relationship to comfortably talk about that too because then it will heighten their value. Sleep was a massive value coming into my relationship with Paul and that was something that he put on the back burner. Mm. He has improved so much. However, he knew that it could be make or break and I, I, it's just, it's weird to say it, but then there was a stat like one in four or one in three mm. relationships end because they just, the sleep is affected too much. You know, mm. people don't value their partner's sleep or it, they just can't find a way to make it work. Or they might yeah. have to sleep in another room, which then impacts the quality of the relationship because you want to, you know, be in bed next to your partner. But then it's like, well, if you're snoring, I'd actually rather be on the couch. So yeah. there's just so much in it. And it's important when you are with someone else to feel comfortable to gently express your concern. I mean, I couldn't just after day one of him snoring, go, oh, get a machine. Mm -hmm. Like as much as I wanted to, I had to really just 
slowly ease into that, but you know, it's a work in progress because you have to allow the other person to change their value as well. Mm-hmm. And then once they start seeing the benefits, they go, oh my God. And it's easy to say, I told you so, but don't say I told you so. Just go, oh, wow. Yeah. Show me what your aura ring says today. Oh, good. You got a crown? Good for Amazing. you, Amazing. Don't show you. your data because you're a sleep freak. Yeah. Even though you might have doubled theirs, you just go, oh, that's really awesome. Like, good job. But <laughs> we have to feel comfortable to yeah. talk about it. You know 100%. what I mean? Mm. With the amount of hours and time as well that you obviously spend with your partner in bed, like it's amazing that it's not more of a conversation, right, about yeah. like those things because we spend, you know, half of the day in, in, in bed or night, I should say, with someone else. And, <laughs> or you know, day, you, whatever. Well, whatever pants. Yeah, whatever floats your boat. But, you know, it's, it's amazing that those things aren't aligned. And as you were saying there, uh, something that popped up, I remember hearing on the Andrew Huberman podcast, he was saying there is not one mental health condition that is not characterized with poor sleep disturbances every mental health depression anxiety bipolar every mental health condition one of the symptoms or side effects like who knows apple um you know chicken or the egg is poor sleep disturbances right and 100 percent. like if you've ever gone through sleep struggles like you are different person as you said when you you slept well because we think better we make less mistakes we're more optimistic like we can look after ourselves we can prioritize the things that matter all of these things are just tenfold more in um i guess accessible right and this is why it's such a big conversation because there is that stigma like you know i'll sleep when i'm dead and like hustle culture (laughs) and don't nap you're being lazy and wake up and you know there's just all this old stuff and as you mentioned i still remember like mum's school holidays coming in banging on the door like (laughs) literally i used to be able to sleep school holidays until like midday i kid you not like i used to sleep and i and you know when you learn about the science now of like adolescents needing more rem sleep and we get that in the early hours of the day right like when you listen to it you're like oh my god we have it so backwards as a society we have it so backwards because sleep is one of the um, best preventative things that we can do to you know protect our long-term health like cardiovascular disease obesity like mental health right so many different things and it's why we have to not blow these tiny little things off as little things, right? Because all of these 1% is compound to make sure that over a lifetime, you aren't recruiting this huge sleep debt that you can never really pay back. So it's important to prioritize this stuff. And I think what you were sharing, Danny, it sort of rolls on into one of the other important things, which is like sleep environment. It is so fundamentally important that we address sleep environment as the single most important variable. Like, of course, caffeine's important. Of course, all the other things that you know are important, but it all starts with your sleep environment. And in such a modern world where we are always switched on and connected to other things as well, it's probably the most challenging thing to address. Oh, yeah, particularly because the modern world is just go, go, stimulus, you know, everything is quick and fast Mm -hmm. and on. And when it comes to that time to then wind down, it can be very, very challenging. Um, So obviously we've spoken about if you have someone else in the room there, but even if you don't, it can still be hard. I feel like Mm -hmm. it's a little bit easier, but if your environment isn't purely made for sleep, then Mm -hmm. you're your body's so smart at making connections. So if you've got a TV in the bedroom, you'll know, oh, am I awake watching a movie or am I sleeping? Like I'm pretty sure you're the same where there's no technology in the bedroom. So the bedroom's just for your sleeping and fun times with your partner or without. No, (laughs) Sleep and sex. Sleep and sex. That's what the bedroom should be for. So your environment needs to be according to what serves you. So a big one for us, I said, sorry, 
no phones in the bedroom, no TVs in the bedroom, just everything no, else in the bedroom. No, that's completely it. agree. Big no. Like when mm. we were younger, right, and TVs were like coming out, showing out. That's pretty you know, cool. TVs, you'd yeah. wheel the TV in, throw back. <laughs> but having a TV in your room used to be cool, right? Like yeah. it was like the thing, whereas now I'm like absolutely not. Like okay. absolutely not. Whereas, um, you know, like if we go away, I might like to watch Sunrise in the morning or something like that. But, yeah, I think from having like sleep anxiety and stuff in the past, I can like feel technology, I swear. Like I can feel the screens like it's invade my mental space. Yeah. I don't know what he's like. I can be laying on my side and if I can I can feel Luke if he's on his phone. He knows all I got to do is roll over and give him a look. His phone is away <laughs> and down out. But yeah, I've I've been charging my phone. Um it's actually in the bathroom, which is now in our bedroom. We've got like a little walkway into like oh, our yeah. ensuite. But I've been charging it in there for as long as I can remember, like away from the the bedroom just because of the mental space when something's physically not there um, and there's no way that it can sort of like get into like my or like alarm me I guess but then also like I love sleeping in pitch black like our bedroom is like dark as and it it's so good because we used to live in an apartment in Melbourne and like the I remember like in the um the cracks through the window would always come through from the blinds when I'd be trying to sleep through night duty I remember like oh. taping it up with duct tape like I remember getting Luke to get me duct tape because you just can't have any light triggering you especially if you're very sensitive and I used to be quite sensitive because my sleep rhythm was screwed up all over the place that if there was any little bit of light you know when I used to come out of the hospital sunglasses on like oh, yeah. trying to make sure that no light could get in and I became really sensitive I'm definitely not like that anymore. But when you have to be extreme, you're like, you know, duct tape in the ceiling up to make sure no light comes in. And I've just kept a lot of those practices where like, you know, I don't charge my watch or my phone or anything where it could go fully charge and a light could come on. Yeah. Um, or like even I used to charge my watch at the end of the bed and when I'd walk past it in the middle of the night, if I went to go to the toilet, it would light up and I'd be like, oh, no, that can't happen either. It's out. Mm, <laughs> so yeah. I'm a little bit like that now, but um, you know, my sleep, honestly, the last six months has never, ever been this good in my entire life. And it's just because of all those little things. And now that my lifestyle aligns with, you know, like I'm lucky to have the lifestyle I do, but now that it does sort of align and I don't have to have an alarm clock and, you know, I can go to bed whenever I want. It sounds like such a basic thing, but I can completely be empathetic to those that can't choose when they wake up and go to bed, right? You, most people, like a lot of people can't. But, you know, when you that's when these one percenters are more important, to be honest, is like when you can't, you need to make sure that the time you are asleep is of the best quality it could be. Yeah, exactly. Because then if you do have kids or, or you know, different work schedules, there are still some key things that you can do. It's not about doing everything that we're talking about. Um, it's just about picking and choosing what's relevant. Um, but yeah, wearing an eye mask was a game changer for me as well, like with that light thing. But we must look so funny. You've got me with Eye mask, I got earplugs, you got Paul with his friggin' thing on his face. It's not sexy at I all. I can't but- do the eye mask thing though. I just don't like something on my face. Oh, yeah, you get used to it, I suppose. Mm. But, yeah, it does ruin the eyelashes if you have it a bit tight. So you've got to fix it. Everything's a work in progress. Um, And I know you love this one, temperature. I remember staying with you Mm. in Queensland. It was like an igloo. I didn't bring the right pyjamas because it was freaking cold (laughs) in that hotel. (laughs) It wasn't as bad the last time, but a a few times ago, I'm like, holy shit. So when I know I'm staying with you, I bring some warmer pyjamas now. (laughs) Bring your flannel out. Bring the flannels, mate. 
<laughs> yes. Look, I'm I'm a little bit extreme, Paul Luke. You're like middle of winter. Just yeah. <laughs> look, ladies, if you know, you know. I know there's a handful of people out there that run hot, um, and I definitely run hot. And you know, surprisingly, <laughs> I never used to be like that until I came off contraception, um, which mm. is really interesting to me because I remember, remember I've spoken about this in the past too, like feeling like I'm going through menopause coming off it, and I feel like I definitely went up, right? Like my core body temperature definitely ran really too hot for a long time had lots of issues from it um but now it's sort of come back down a little bit and it's like probably normal now it fluctuates quite a lot and i can you know i get premenstrual um, insomnia from the temperature and i i notice it definitely with my hormones a lot um and it's just something now that i'm i'm really aware of so you know when i'm due for my cycle i will turn the aircon down that extra one degrees and alter my sleep environment because when you think about it like evolutionary wise when we're outside when it gets dark temperature drops and that's what allows us to fall asleep that's what triggers our circadian rhythm not only light but also temperature really driven by it as well um it's why it's so difficult like with night duty and stuff like that to try and stay awake at certain periods because it does get cold um as well so yeah being able to change your sleep environment like using an air con i really struggle without a fan um not only the the temperature but the the noise it's a genuine thing isn't it um the white noise but yeah you develop like a a sleep environment that you just love right and I struggle now when I go home like when I used to go back home I used to love that bed more than my bed and now it's like the opposite I'm like I just love my bedroom I actually sleep better with Luke um than without now um no but I don't know why that is shouldn't be we don't touch it it's like this wall of pillows but I don't know you're not the little spoon I'm always a, a, a little spoon, but Luke's not a fan of that. So, because, you know, we just fall asleep, right? It's yeah. the females. And they're there with a numb arm. They're stuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with a numb arm. He's cold with his arm numb. <laughs> but, yeah, and his fan going off. <laughs> literally story of his life um bless that bless the men man. that give up everything for us um but yes having it cooler helps you fall asleep and stay asleep and there was a little tip um that i learned a while ago when i was going through a lot of the stuff and having a hot shower um or a hot bath about 60 to 90 minutes before you go to bed actually aids in dropping your core body temperature so a lot of people know this with babies um they'll give them a um you know what is it bed oh sorry bottle bath bed or bath sounds like a dream the bees that's it right yes Mm. the three bees we're the same at the end of the day if we have a something warm not only does it relax our muscles and help us wind down um it's the one place you shouldn't or probably can't use technology is in the bath or in the shower depends Um, what your job is i I reckon i reckon i'm a fans.com um (laughs) but yes having a hot shower helps your body drop its core body temperature too so there's a few different ways that you can do and um obviously my favorite's the split system and freeze everyone existence with me you're not as bad because it makes perfect sense because I do run hot just not that hot obviously you're going through something that you you just named there but um we have to have the air con on now because mm. I can't sleep in many pajamas now I used nah. to be really a cold person at night obviously moving from Melbourne to Sydney changes mm. things because it's hotter here but even when I just moved here like I still run hot now. So it's the same. So it's definitely cycle dependent. Yeah. I think not being on contraception, you might have you just feel it more. A light bulb just went off in my head. I go, oh my God, it must be that. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. Paul gets cold at night, hot during the day. I'm cold during the day, hot at night. 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's the night thing. I'll just say that during the day we can regulate our temperature a bit more. Like we take off a jumper, we pick our clothes, <laughs> we're outside, you know, we can regulate. Whereas at night, you know, yeah. it's like there's no airflow or anything like that. So you are sort of cooking. <laughs> and the reason why we struggle, like there was a stat that I sort of put in there somewhere about women have, um, you know, stat. women have a lifetime, um, women have a lifetime risk of insomnia that is as much as 40% higher than men. Uh, and the wow. reason for that is purely because of hormones. You know, a lot of women when they're pregnant struggle, um, you know, with heat because you're literally like a walking oven. And it's all thanks to progesterone, which we get at certain times during our menstrual cycle as well. So generally from day 23 to a couple of days before you get your bleed, that's when it's the worst. Um, and I could, I know it. I know it without even looking at, you know, my my app or anything. I'm like, I'm in that week where my sleep sort of suffers a little bit. That's why, you know, we can train around our menstrual cycle. It's the biggest reason is because if sleep drops off, recovery usually drops off as well mm. because of the, the sort of relationship there. So, you know, knowledge is always going to be power when it comes to these things. And it's not, um, it doesn't mean it's all doom and gloom, you know, when you're going through these things like i said just turn the aircon down one and prioritize all the one percenters that's what biohacking is right it's like manipulating your external environment to change your internal reality and we can do that with sleep yeah yeah and it's once you think of it to be a bit of a game or like a biohacking adventure then that's what you do and we did mention a little bit about technology not having it in the bedroom but then also be mindful of not using it too late it's yeah. look sometimes it is nice if paul and i have, and i've changed so he's compromised so much for me he's wearing this damn thing on his face so i compromised i watch a little bit of tv tv before bed and but it's a oh you like, badass that's like, <laughs> i know don't tell <laughs> too many Danny, people oh my god that's so normal like oh, oh, the part of me hates it still i'm like <laughs> Far out. I just want to, you know, read a book and go to bed at eight o'clock. We've been getting into peaky blinders. So, you know, it's good good things. No, but my thing is, I can't watch anything that's too stimulating before bed. I don't want to see people get, you know, whatever chopped up. Yeah, yeah. Oh, gross. I don't want to see that shit before I'm going to go to bed because I will have a dream about it. So, we have to watch something funny. So, (laughs) and throwbacks. We're watching um, New Girl, which is so oh, old yeah. now. It's yeah. like 10 years old. I go, what do you mean there's 10 seasons? So we're just chipping through a 30-minute comedy and we get to sit on the couch next to each other. It's all cute. So that's my thing. But then I still make sure that I would, like, have a shower after that because mm-hmm. then I can just get rid of all the technology out of my eyes and my brain. I'm such a nerd with this stuff, but we need. I need to do it. So yeah. What am I saying? Just be my, watch New Girl. It's funny. Or Peaky Blinders. And don't use technology if it's mm. going to amp you up because that is the goal. Yep. And, again, in the, the Matt Walker podcast, like the CEO of Netflix, his aim was for no one to sleep. Like he said he was against people mm. having a good sleep, and it freaking works. Every feature on that, watch next episode. But you don't even Three, have to click it. Three, two, two one. one. Bang, you're on. Oh, just watch one more. I'll yeah. just watch one more. The cliffhangers. <gasps> like it's just, it sucks you in. Yeah. But that's what they want. They want you to be addicted. So just, yep. you know, try and be disciplined with it, even though it's hard because they've got millions of dollars invested mm. in the addiction of technology. But please just, just try. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, this is why we can't really rely on willpower. 
for this mm. stuff. Like we're going to do it every day. Just like I said, charge your phone outside of the room, be disciplined with certain things. And I even loved how um, Matthew Walker was talking about like, yes, technology is an issue. Um, blue light's the biggest issue. But with certain technology, their goal is to get you addicted and entertained, right? And there's this whole epidemic of ADHD um, pretty much induced by, you know, all the things that we're constantly stimulated by that's stealing our focus and attention. So, you know, I also argue like watching a couple of episodes like for some people that's going to wind you down um as well like i got my blue light blockers on they put me to sleep in like no time so for that like i i don't look at all screens as the same you know what i mean like if you're reading on a kindle like good for you do you know that's great so there's there's different types of like technology and screen some's helpful some's not and you know there's been times where i've like laid awake looking at the ceiling being like fuck can't sleep and i've put on a pod a podcast or meditated or something so technology is incredibly valuable when we use it to our advantage the worst thing you can do is get on something like tiktok where like everyone's starting with a hook and everything's moving and buzzing and glowing and colorful right so it's about you know the devil's in the dose but then of course like how you use it because there's a lot of stuff that we can use to our advantage you know to make sure that we can get a good night's sleep and a lot of the stuff again it's not like it's not rocket science that we're talking about but we are talking about human behavior and that's why I was saying it's not about willpower and just being like I'll be disciplined to not do this etc it's about how can you remove friction how can you make this easier how can you make this an ingrained habit subconscious and you know keep your environment in a, in a way that's going to make doing this as a lifestyle choice sustainable and frictionless, right? That's what we're really talking about because, yeah, it's not rocket science, but here we are with the majority of people still not getting enough sleep. Yeah, definitely. And another environment is the environment in your mind. Mm. Like, are you so wired outside of, um, you know, TV making you wired or something might have happened in the day, but we obviously, you you created your own journal but just getting it out of your head mm. onto paper or onto tomorrow's to-do list otherwise yep. we've all been there you wake up at 3 a.m there's always a three mm. in that time and you're like oh my god I need to do this or oh my god and everything feels so much worse when you just mm. wake up so if you haven't done it the night before if you wake up at three o'clock just and I went through a phase where I had to sleep next to a notepad because I was so bad with this I would just write it down and then it's out of my head and you can go to sleep easier. Otherwise, if you remember something in the middle of the night, it's as if you have to keep reminding yourself about that thing so you don't forget. Mm-hmm. And then and then you look at the time, which is one of the worst things you can do. Then you go, oh, my God, now it's 3 o'clock, now it's 3.30. Just stop looking at the time. Get the information out of your head. It will still be there in the morning. Yeah, absolutely. You're like mental hygiene, right? Because we've all been in a space where we're like, tired but wired um and it's usually you know and then usually over caffeinated at the same time and it's usually because we've our mind is still racing we haven't actually taken the time to prime our mind and wind ourselves down uh, mentally right because we live in a world that we are so mentally wired above physically like um active right like there's so many more jobs that are forcing us to carry mental strain and stress than what we are physically labored, if that makes sense. And I've been in both positions, right? Like in a business now, I'm 100% more mentally um, activated and strained than what I am physically exerted. Whereas when I was nursing, it was probably maybe 50-50, but there was times where I was like physically exhausted. used to be great for sleep because I'd get home and just be 
absolutely fried. I just couldn't, you know, my feet would hurt. So like when you're in that situation, you fall asleep quite easily because just your body's physically exhausted, right? But the opposite's actually really hard to deal with because you've got all this like physical, like, I guess, energy, like as well, because you're not, um, you haven't like, like what's expressed it throughout the day but then you've also your mind's like wired but then you know your your body's trying to tell you to go to sleep at the same time it's really confusing and writing things down is super helpful but also one of the worst things to do is like bring problems or work into the bedroom and I've definitely learned that where like I've just got like a no problem policy in the bedroom like just don't bring it in here and we've we've had conversations where like we've had to talk about like a problem like or something's come up and you know we haven't had a chance where we've left the bedroom, gone to the lounge room to have a conversation oh, and then gone back to the bedroom because, you know, the your subconscious association with the bed and the bedroom is so important and that's not a conscious thing, right? If you're laying in bed looking up at the ceiling and you don't get up and do something about it and you just carry that anxiety and stress with you, trust me, it becomes a bigger problem, like genuinely trust me. And it's really hard to undo that wiring in your brain. It takes a lot of effort um, and, you know, periods where you probably will go without a good night's sleep right and you just don't want to get to that so I think if you can have strong boundaries with yourself and others if you're sharing a bed with someone else like they need to be on board with those boundaries too to make sure that your sleep environment and sleep hygiene is catering to both because I think it's important that you sort of meet halfway um, then that's how you're going to make sure that you can have a good night's sleep and have consistency and also not compromise relationships oh yeah and it's definitely um, important to recognize now's the time to talk about work and now is not. And even if you don't have a partner that you work with, because a lot of people don't, don't answer emails at a certain time. That's oh, work-related, yeah. you know. Like it, if it suits your business model, then yes, but you need to also be disciplined to fight that urge, oh, I'll just reply to one more mm. or I'll just quickly get this in before the morning. But it's like 10.30 p.m. Don't get your brain thinking about that stuff, you know, unless it's super, 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 super urgent, which mm. probably would come across as a phone call on email anyway, then just let it go. Be disciplined with your boundaries because then everyone will think, oh, or even as an online coach, oh, they replied at 11 p.m. Yeah. And then the next 11 p.m., your, your client will think, oh, why didn't they reply? They did last time. You know, you start to create a lack of boundaries, which then really just ruins things. So looking after your sleep is not selfish because a lot of people think it is because all your attention is on yourself. Well, no. The better sleep that we get as an individual, then we can perform better. We can help more people. We are nicer. We are more tolerable. So it's actually quite selfless because you're doing it for not only your health, but then for the greater good of everyone that you have to deal with on a daily basis, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that sort of mentality is dying. Um, It definitely is in the fitness space. And I think it's because we obviously prioritize, you know, our our health and well-being above other sort of industries, even healthcare, right? Like we definitely prioritize it a lot more um, because it's part of our image. It's part of what we do. We sell like our wellness, right? Like we sell these aspects and we role model it. And I've definitely had conversations as well being like, if you respond to that email at this time, or if you get back to that person, like what's it telling them? Is it telling like our you know, staff that it's okay to be up at emails at 11 o'clock? Absolutely not. Because, you know, productivity is gold these days and it's got nothing to do with time, right? And we spoke about this in the past. It's all about the amount that we can get done in that time. And, you know, if we really prioritize sleep, we can sort of guarantee that our productivity is going to be in a good place. Um, Um, assuming other life things are, you know, going well too. 
Yeah, sounds good. How's that? We could, oh, we're mindful we could talk for hours on this topic. I think we nah. gave a few gold nuggets. Yeah, absolutely. And like Danny said, you know, we did talk in great detail um, about specifically why your sleep sucks in episode 77 as well. So there's definitely more um, opportunities for you guys to get some more insight there. But today we just really wanted to talk briefly about a few key tips um, around making sure that you guys, you know, are equipped with prioritizing your sleep um, from, you know, caffeine and like eating curfews from screens and then, um, you know, also sleep environment and hygiene, which is super important as well. Wrap it up, babes. Wrap it up. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We hope you enjoyed (laughs) this episode. And as always, make sure that you do take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram story. Thanks, everyone.